Welcome to the Springs Church Podcast, where we explore the teachings of Jesus Christ and how they can be applied to our daily lives. Join us as we delve into the Bible and discuss topics such as faith, hope, love, and forgiveness. Our mission is to inspire and empower our listeners to live a life of purpose and meaning and to deepen their relationship with God. Tune in every week for a new episode as we learn how Holy Spirit, the Bible, and a relationship with Jesus will impact every area of your life. Well, you guys ready to get into the Word? Awesome. Let's pray. God, we just thank you for your word. We thank you that we can come to your throne. We can enter into your presence, God. But most importantly, we can learn about you and who you are when we're in your presence. So God, we thank you that you're with us. We thank you that you're going to speak through me. We thank you, God, that you're going to touch our lives today in Jesus' name. And God, we just pray right now for our leadership. We pray right now for Pastor Zach and Jess, and we pray, God, for the Fontaine family, and we pray for the leadership of Springs. God, we just pray that you will continue to strengthen and guide them and give wisdom and direction. And God, we just thank you that you're going to guide and direct the leaders of our province, the leaders of our country. And God, we pray that whatever leaders you don't want in, God, that aren't following your ways, that God, you would remove them and place in those that would follow your ways. And God, we just thank you for such an incredible country. And God, we just pray for it. We pray, God, that it will prosper and be blessed. And that, God, we will be able to be a light in dark places. In Jesus' name, amen. So, I don't know about you guys, but the last few days I've been kind of reflecting 2023. And there were some really amazing times. And then there were some times that weren't always the greatest. Things that you have to go through. Things that you walk through. Maybe you lose someone you care about. Maybe you're looking at your finances a little differently this year. Different things go on, but as I looked at, at the year, I realized, man, even through the trials, God did amazing things, and there were so many great blessings throughout my year, and throughout each of our year, if we stop to reflect, we'll see that God's hand has been on our life and guiding us and directing us and blessing us, but some of the time when I start to reflect, I start to think, It was a great year, but what do I want going forward? Do I want to be the same person at the end of 2024 that I am this year of 2023? And I'd hope that all of us would say no, that there's areas in our life that we need to grow, we need to improve, we need to change, we need to work on. Maybe it's our, you know, ability to handle issues at work. Maybe it's our relationship with our spouse. Maybe it's the relationship with our kids. Maybe it's fitness. There's so many different areas of our life that we can grow in that if we stop and start looking at those areas and start thinking, what do I want to do this year? How do I want to change this year? How do I want to become a better person? What do we want to do going forward? And I believe we all have, there's certain things that are universal needs. And I'm only going to mention a couple because of time. We need, one of the things we need to do is we need to develop our self-esteem. We need to develop our self-esteem, which eventually will lead us towards meeting our potential. So many times we won't step out in faith. We won't step out to do something because we don't feel we qualify. We don't feel like we're able to. And when we, once we start to grow to reach our potential, that leads us to change. But the reason that we need to make change, the reason why we need to make personal change 
is because if we want to take people on a trip, we can only take them on a trip that we've been on. I find too many times people want to be travel agents instead of tour guides. They would rather tell somebody about the trip, give them a brochure, send them on their way, wave goodbye, bon voyage, have a great time, and they've never been there themselves. But as Christians and as leaders and as people of God, we need to be tour guides. Somebody who's, let me take you where I've been. Let me show you the way. Let me help you to go through what I've gone through. Let me tell you what I know. I want to be a tour guide to the people around me. I want to help people walk through the issues and things in their life. And maybe mine wasn't exactly the same, but the principles can be the same. Romans 12, 2 tells us this. Do not be conformed to this world, this age, fashioned after and adapted to its external superficial customs, but be transformed, changed by the entire renewal of your mind, by its new ideals and its new attitude, so that you may prove for yourself what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God, even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in, in his sight for you. As I was reading these verses and, and thinking this, again this message through today, I started realizing I'm really good, and, and maybe some of you guys can identify with this, I'm really good at mental assent instead of renewing my mind. Let me, let me kind of explain that. And you don't have to raise your hand and admit this, but they say 40 to 50% of books bought are never read mental ascent. Well, I bought the book. <laughs> I bought it. How many people buy something and they're like, you know what? This year, I am going to learn how to play the keyboard. So they go out and they buy a keyboard and they never play it. Mental ascent. We can even take it further. Basketball in New York was probably one of the most accessible sports because every playground has a, a hoop. And there was a guy that I knew there that was probably one of the best ball handlers I'd ever seen. If you watch basketball, I would say he was right up there with Steph Curry. He was that good handling the ball. He was about six foot two, six foot three, could dunk the ball. And when I was living in California, I'd actually lived with an ex-NBA basketball player. So I knew what, what an NBA player would look like. And this, this young man was in his 19, 20 years old, could do things on the court I had never seen before. And I, we're playing basketball four court, full court, five on five. He's on my team, and my team just stood on our end when he, we were on offense. Just watched him play. And he would do stuff, you're just like, can you do that again? Because I didn't even, I need to film that. The thing was, is in his head, he would rather be the king in his own court than to try to go further. You see, he'd put in all the work, but he had never renewed his mind that he could achieve the dream that he had. And so many times I find in our life that we're mentally ascending instead of actually renewing our minds. 
instead of actually changing the thoughts and the patterns that are in our minds. So as I looked at it, I also read this verse. 2 Corinthians 10, three through, or verses, 3 through 5. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Strongholds don't just mysteriously appear in our life. They're built stone by stone. And all of us have places where we have strong beliefs, strongly held strongholds in our beliefs. Some of them have been placed in us because of our upbringing. Some of them have been placed in us because of things that have happened in our life that caused us to, to think this way and believe this way. But it has these three steps, everyone in common, to build a stronghold. Number one, it begins with a thought or a suggestion. A thought comes into your mind, a, a suggestion gets into your mind, and you start to dwell on it. You start to think about it. We are truly, when we, you truly change your thinking, you can change your beliefs. But if you don't work on your thinking, you will never change your beliefs. It begins with thinking. There's a quote that I got from the Seven Levels of Change, a book. Although not all change is the same, there is one common element to change, and that is your thinking. If we want to change, we have to do what the Bible says. We have to transform ourselves with the renewing of our mind, the changing of our thinking. We need to think about how we're thinking. But seldom do we slow down enough to actually start catching our thinking and knowing why we're thinking that way. It's just kind of put in us. The second one is your thoughts grow into imaginations or reasonings. The Bible in, in 2 Corinthians calls them high things that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. Our thinking can actually become a contradiction to what the Bible actually says. And from our reasoning comes our decisions. So first we have our thoughts, then we have our imaginations and reasonings because they grow. That thought becomes deeper. When we change our beliefs, we start to change our expectations. Belief is knowing that something that I want to change in my life, it's circumstance that I want to change. Belief is knowing it can be changed. I can do something about it. It gives me hope. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the assurance, the title deed, the confirmation of things we hope for, divinely guaranteed, the evidence of things not seen, the conviction of their reality. Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. One of the things, I don't know if you guys have noticed this, one of the things that I love the Olympics, I'm huge, like when the Olympics are on, I try to watch everything, except for figure skating. I'm a guy. No, I watch the figure skating. I still think it's great. But here's the thing that gets me, especially in the summer, Olymp summer Olympics when there's a lot of team sports, is 
they second place in a team sport never looks happy. You ever notice that? They don't look happy. They've won second place. Third place is excited. First place is excited. And I got some pictures of some second place U.S. team because I, I didn't want to make fun of any Canadians. They look a little dejected. They got second place. They got the silver medal. Someday they'll brag about it. But that day, they were defeated. The next one. Not very excited to win the silver. Because when you have a belief system, and their belief system was, we're going to win, we're going to make it, their expectation increases to where they expect to win, and when they don't, even though they got second place, they feel defeated. See, for third place, you had to win. You played the fourth place team, and you, you beat them. But for second place, you lost. You see, our expectations and our hope sets the mark for our life. And if we don't put hope in front of us, things that we really want to change, we will just settle for second place. And if you've ever played sports, you never wanted second place. You always wanted to finish first. I don't know how many of you guys have been playing games with your family the last week. I never want to finish second ever. My girls, when they were little, I'd let them win. Not now. No way. Now, they beat me most of the time. Truth be told. But you know what? I want to win. Because it's innate in us to accomplish. And so when we look at our life, if there are things that we have not changed in our life, we can get defeated and just settle in that area. And our expectation can drop. And then the third thing that I've seen is over time, our beliefs become the belief system. Our belief system becomes a stronghold, positive or negative. Our beliefs become a system of strongholds in our life. Some of the things we can say to ourselves is, well, God can't really use me because, you know, it, it, these things in my life. Well, you know, I'm just not smart enough. Well, you know what? I don't think I'll be healed. I'll never really, you know, I, I know the Bible talks about finances and God wants to bless us, but I'm never really going to prosper like that. And if you really knew me, you, you know, I, I'm, God's never going to really forgive me. See, we can get things in our life that we allow to become strongly held belief. And the thing is, it started from the beginning. In the garden, in, in Genesis chapter 3, verse 1, it says, Now the serpent, who is more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord had made, he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? He just threw out a question. He got the thoughts rolling. The serpent, serpent gave Eve, got Eve on a train of thought that would take her somewhere bad. Would, God wouldn't want you to eat all of the fruit. Of, like, come on. God, God would want you to eat the best. Then Satan said, oh, surely you won't die. 
which was a complete contradiction to what God had told them. Then Eve, as she was standing there looking at it, saw that it was good in her imagination. Was it any better than any other fruit? No. But in her imagination, it started to look good because how many of us, when we, there's something we're not supposed to have, we really want it. In our imagination, it builds. And then a stronghold of sin took over and she ate. Only Jesus' blood could break that stronghold. Let me say that again. Only Jesus' blood could break that stronghold. This stronghold determined her actions and built a fortress separating her from God and his best. How many things, how many walls have we put up that we need to dismantle in our thinking? Because we don't want to reach out and step out into that area of faith because what if I fall? What if I don't make it? What if I don't do well in that? What if I can't? It's funny when you're up speaking how many stories pop into your head last second. When I was a kid, um, three years old, I may have told this story before, but my kidneys failed. And I was at a, a gathering with our church and somebody had given me a purple popsicle and I ate the purple popsicle and peed purple. So at, at three, that's a cool thing. You know, you go running into the room where your mom and dad are and you're pumped. Yeah, guess what I just did, right? So I can remember running into the room and then the panic that hit when I told my parents what had happened. And it wasn't just my parents who started moving. Everybody started moving because all the adults understood this isn't good. So I'm in the hospital for a couple of weeks. They, they say I almost died. Um, and then at age 10, my kidneys got ruptured again and I, I peed blood again. And then at 12, it happened again. I fell off my bicycle, hit my back on, on the curb. And I was <laughs> typical 12 year old boy. If you're 12 years old, don't do this. So I, I went to football practice, peed blood at, at lunchtime at school that, that afternoon was like, you know what? It's not a big deal. I've done this before. Let's go play football. So I'm out at football practice. And I'd le I, before I'd left, I went to the washroom and I, I peed in a cup. Sorry if this is graphic, but it looked like tea. So I wrote on there on, on a piece of paper, don't drink, it's not tea, it's my pee. <laughs> and I leave for football practice. Come on, every parent is sitting here going, seriously? You weren't very bright. So I'm out there at football practice. I could hear the van, my mom and dad's van, squealing the tires as they rounded the corner. Heard the engine roaring as it came down. And it was one of those old Dodge vans that was like two-tone. And I knew it was, as soon as I saw it, I knew what was going on. And I'm like, oh, this is embarrassing. My dad runs out onto the field, grabs me by my face mask, and starts dragging me to the van. Right? Like I'm just running behind him. And the coach, he's like, what's going on? My dad's like, he's going to the hospital. And everybody's quiet. So the doctors that year told my mom and dad, if he was my son, he would never play football again. 
And so I didn't play that year. And it really it was really sad because I went out for quarterback that year and I was going to win the starting job. I had the starting job. And then I decided after that I was going to play linebacker from that point forward and never tried for quarterback again. So I could have had all the glory, but I didn't. So here we are. A year later, my mom and dad are down in, their, in the kitchen arguing over whether or not I'm going to play football. And I come walking in on it. And as I, I, they look at me and I, they say, what do you want to do? And I said, well, I, I fell off my bicycle. So you probably better not let me ride a bike again. And you know what? I could fall off my skateboard. So I probably shouldn't do that either. And probably if I'm walking up the street, I could trip, probably shouldn't leave the house. And, you know, going down the stairs can be really sketchy. And so you probably shouldn't let me come down the stairs. Probably better not let anybody in my room either, because what if my brother like, hurts my back? You probably should just put me in a padded room, slide food through the door, and let me live that way. And they're silent, right? Here's a 13-year-old kid going through this. I'd worked out the reasoning here, you know, like I'd sat in my room listening. And then I said, I would rather die living than to live dying. And I still live by that motto. I would rather die living. I'd rather try things. I'd rather do things. I'd rather experience things that I've never experienced before, even if it's scary. This summer, my daughter and I went swimming with whale sharks. I would rather experience things. I wasn't feeling good. You have to fall. Like, I'm telling you, it was one of the craziest things I've ever seen. You sit on the edge of this boat, little dinghy boat, and they go, 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 and you jump in front of the whale shark. coming at you you know like so much fun like seriously like fun and you know what so many of us because of something from our past because the pattern of our thinking we will hold ourselves back from the best God has for us how do we want to live our life I don't know about you but I really want to live my life fully. So how do, I, how do I know if I've renewed my mind? How do I know if my, that area of my life, my mind is renewed? Well, if you look at Romans 12 too, it's because it's transformed. It's changed. It's no longer the same. I don't respond the way I used to. I don't act the way I used to. I don't think the way I used to. So here's two things to dismantle strongholds. And I got to move through them pretty quick. Number one, build in your heart your reason and desire for change. You got to construct why. Why do I want to change this area of my life? Why do I need to become different in this area? Why do I need to become better at this? Why do I need to change my attitude? Why do I need to change that thing that I want to change? And then number two, get new thoughts and a new mindset. Like Romans 12, 2 says, we're transformed. But here's how you do it. You start listening to and studying new things that you want in your life. If you keep looking at the same old thing, you will get the same old thing. 
If you want to change something, you have to get around people that are there and listen to people who have done it. Read books in areas. But the main one is study the word. Stay in the word. Hebrews 4.12 says this, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing, even dividing asunder our soul, of, or of soul and spirit and of joint and marrow, and is the discerner of the thoughts and intents of our heart. You know what? As I study and I read the word, it starts to change me from the inside out. Because it's so powerful, it starts to cut away at things that are misbeliefs. It starts to cut at things that I'm reading, I'm thinking incorrectly in that area. Going back to that story of when I was a kid, one of the things that my denomination that I grew up in with would say is if God wants to heal you, he can. But maybe God has you here in this spot for a reason. And so I grew up with this mindset and it really messed with my head because as a kid dealing with kidney issues, I, I can remember sitting there 12 years old in the hospital thinking what was so bad that I did when I was three years old to, to have this issue. What is God trying to teach a three-year-old? And I was trying to reason through at that age how come I'm in this situation? But I love, once I got here to Winnipeg and under Pastor Leon's teaching and really, like I took the first year and just tried to destroy any, any like teachings that I didn't believe were accurate when Pastor Leon would teach them. And one of them was healing. And nowhere in the Bible can I find that God said or Jesus said, well, you know what? You came in faith, but I think you need to learn something here. Everyone who came to him, he healed. Everyone who asked, received. And so many times we can get in our head the wrong doctrine and we start to live out a life that isn't God's plan for us. See, the word of God tears down those arguments. And as you get into the word and you study the word, you start to realize what God has for you. By his stripes, you are healed. Lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Doesn't say maybe. It says they shall. And when I got under good teaching, it changed my life. Why? Because the word of God divides joint and marrow. It cuts through your thinking and reasoning and starts to plant new image and new vision in your life. What is it that you want to change this year? What is it that you want to improve on this year? And I, I don't make resolutions. You guys, if that's what you want to call them, that's great. I just constantly look at my life. And when I have a few days off, like I had this last week, I sit and ponder things and think about things because I want to grow. I don't want to stay the same. If I'm the same next year, by the end of the year as a husband, I'm not the best husband I can be. If I'm the same dad at the end of 2024, I haven't improved and changed and become a better dad. If I'm the same leader, if I'm the same person, I don't want to stay the same. Why? Because I know God's got more for me. And if I don't increase my capacity to handle what he wants to give, I won't live what he has.
but the choice is mine. It's me renewing my mind and taking thoughts captive and making them obedient to Christ. God, I just thank you for today. I thank you that we can finish out 2023 and look back at what's gone on in our world and in our life and look at the things that you have for us. And God, no matter what weapon comes up, no matter what things are formed against us, you said that they will not prevail. So God, we can live the best in our life, but we have to renew our mind to believe what your word says about us, what your word tells us we have. So God, I pray that for those that are here, that maybe they've been struggling with an area of their life, they would get into the word, they'd get into good teaching and hear what you have for them in that area. God, whatever area they want to change, whatever area they want to grow, God, I pray that you'll strengthen them and help them to change it. God, I thank you that you love us so much, you love us where we're at today, but you love us so much, you don't want to leave us where we're at. You want to help us go to new places and new levels. God, we just thank you for everything you've brought us through. Maybe some hard times this year, but you've brought us through those hard times. Maybe we're in hard times right now, but God, you will walk us through those things. God, we just thank you that we can have joy even in the midst. This morning, with every head bowed and every eye closed still, I don't like to finish a service where I don't give somebody the opportunity to accept Christ. And as you've been listening, watching what, you know, the kids singing and watch, listening to the praise and worship and listening to the word, you're sitting there saying, you know what, I don't want to stay the same. I don't want to be the same person I am today. I want to change. The first step is asking Christ into your life. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're missing out on one of the greatest strengths and blessings that you can have. See, I know I can make the changes I need to make because I have Jesus on my side and in my life. And today, if you want to accept Christ, we want to give you the opportunity. And so we're just going to ask you in just a second to raise your hand. No one's going to be looking around. We don't want to embarrass you but we just want to be able to pray with you. And all of us are going to pray a prayer together at the end. And so you're not, going to be, you're not going to stand out, but putting your hand up is a step of faith saying, you know what, I want to be included in this prayer. I want to accept Christ today. So if that's you today, just quickly raise your hand, give me a wave and let me know. I want to pray this prayer with you. If that's you today, thank you. Anybody else today? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Anybody else as I look through the crowd? Thank you back here. Thank you. Just looking through the crowd. Thank you back here. Awesome. I'm going to look through one more time. Don't let fear hold you back. Thank you. If you feel that tugging in your heart, that's the Holy Spirit saying thank you. That he wants to walk with you in this life. So quickly raise your hand. Give me a wave and let me know you want to pray this prayer with me. Thank you. Awesome you guys would repeat this prayer to me, that would be great. Dear God, thank you for sending your son to die on a cross for me. I ask that you would come into my life, be my Lord, be my Savior. I accept you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.